Greatness is not this um, wonderful, esoteric, elusive, uh, God-like feature that only the special among us are, will ever taste. You know, it's something that truly exists in all of us. It's very simple. This is what I believe, and I'm willing to die for it. Yeah. Period. Good evening, ladies and marks. You are tuned in to the Standards of Greatness podcast. And now the host of the show, the wrestling god, Evan Jones, and the alpha angel, Brian Mead. Good evening and welcome to the Standards of Greatness podcast. Good evening to you, Evan Jones. How are you tonight, buddy? I am doing fantastic. How are you, buddy? Man, I couldn't be better... I uh, got, got great wrestling action, well, at least in EFED. I'm really excited about the Standards of Greatness podcast. I'm really excited about the EFED Elite Tournament. Yeah, that's, that's Not exciting. Not so excited about what we saw on Raw and SmackDown this week, but let's, well, let's do the news first. Can we do the news first? We can do the news first. Um, before we get into this, we want to make a special you know, awareness thing that this, spot, this podcast is sponsored in part by Enforced Chew. Get your Enforced Chew today. A Whiskers brand product. That's right. Go to enforcechew.com and put in the code standards of greatness to get 20% off of your next order of Enforce Chew. Enforce Chew. Be a madman both in the streets and in the sheets with Enforce Chew. Alrighty. Well, uh, the, top right. sto- the top story of the week, buddy. Um, the fallout of Full Gear. Uh, Kenny Omega is out of an action indefinitely. Um, he's had an accumulation of injuries over the years. Uh, he's been working matches with Vertigo since 2018, so those Okada matches we saw. Um, Vertigo is nothing to mess with. My mom had it. I had it briefly when I played hockey. Uh, yeah, it's nothing to mess with. Uh, they're looking at potentially shoulder surgery for Kenny. Uh, it, it's It's sad to see, but... You know, good on him being super tough and putting his friend over. Uh, a video was released of Kenny Omega getting a 14-minute uh, chiropractic uh, work over with uh, a, a screenshot that looked like he was getting some, sh- something shoved up his butt, which was... Uh, <laughs> Bet that made Jim Cornette happy. But, yeah, uh, the vertigo, man, I've, I've had that before myself, and... To, to think that he was putting on, you know, eight-star Dave Meltzer matches. While having vertigo. That's, that's crazy. Um, I hope, uh, Kenny Omega, I hope you get well soon. Look forward to having you back inside the ring. Absolutely incredible athlete. Uh, but Kenny Omega, not the only one walking out of full gear with a couple of injuries this week. Uh, Eddie Kingston and Malachi Black also uh, reporting that they have injuries that they suffered either before or at full gear. Uh, Kingston has uh, an accumulation of injuries similar to Kenny Omega that he's going to be looking to take care of, while uh, uh, Malachi Black um, still don't know exactly what his injuries are. Haven't been... uh, haven't been flushed out as of this time. Yeah, it, both men, it seems to be a lot less severe injuries than Kenny Omega's. But as with any injury, unless we know the full extent of it, it's time will tell. Uh, it's it's sad to see people get injured, but 
That is the business. Indeed. Uh, moving on, we have uh, Vince McMahon has some big plans for NXT 2.0. I know we said we weren't going to cover that a whole lot, but when it's relevant news, he plans on making NXT 2.0 more adult-based, uh, looking for a TV-14 rating with USA Network's support. Which I'm surprised about, because the USA Network was the biggest pushback on things like Degeneration X or you know Sable coming out and ripping off the shirt and having the handprints. Um, Times are changing. What I'm, what I'm more worried about is, like, you say you're going to go for more adult content, but what exactly does that mean in the modern landscape? Like, are, are, there's a lot of stuff from back in the Attitude Era that, that just is cringy now. Yeah, it wouldn't it wouldn't fly these days. And that kind of goes back to what we talked about probably about four or five weeks ago when I, I made the off-the-cuff remark that the Attitude Era is overrated. Outside of your main event level stars, the Attitude Era was kind of bad. It had lots of cringy things, you know. As a teenager, every boy in America was excited about those bra and panty matches, but you go back and you oh, watch yeah. them as an adult, they're bad, and they really set women's wrestling back a lot. Like, And that's my concern, honestly. That's my number one concern. The women's revolution is already dead. Look at the Queen's, you know, Queen of the Ring tournament. Uh, and is there a plan to have bra and panty matches in NXT 2.0? Like... Are they going to have cr- really cringy, so. you know, Judy Bagwell on a pole match storylines? Are they going to bring in oh, Vince Russo? Hey, 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 God bless Judy Bagwell. May she rest in peace. Yeah. How dare you be merch the good name of Judy Bagwell. You know, she's a former WCW Tag Team Champion. Anyways, <laughs> not to besmirch the honor of Judy Bagwell. Uh... No, it's not, it's not to disrespect that person. It's just it was a really terrible fucking idea. Like we can all agree that that was a terrible fucking idea. Like ninety nine percent of Vince Russo ideas were fucking Vince terrible. Vince Russo put forth was a terrible fucking idea, Evan. Anything that Vince Russo, like, you know that time travel theory where people say, "Oh, could you go back to get rid of Hitler?" Makes you wonder if Vince, if if Jim Cornette found out time travel existed. Would he do it? Would Jim Cornette kill Vince Russo as a baby? It's quite the conundrum. <laughs> we're, we're kidding here. We're kidding. Uh, <laughs> Although I would be curious to know what the audience thinks about may, that. If you may, want to message me and let me know your thoughts, I'd personally love to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's, let's keep things moving here. Uh, Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes in the news this week after uh, deleting his Twitter account uh, said that there is altogether too much negativity coming towards him and just across the Twitter platform, and he now plans to be exclusive to Instagram. I can't say that I'm real surprised about this. Um, I'm not shocked, but Instagram isn't much better. You just... You can you can curate Instagram a little better than you can Twitter. Uh, I personally don't like when people deactivate their platforms for you know they can't you know 
handle the heat. They can't handle the toxicity. And I, I get it. Some fans go overboard. But, like, ultimately, you chose to be in a profession where your life is on display, where you are a public persona. There's going to be people that like you. There's going to be people that hate you. You get to decide how you want to live your life, but you also can't let it control you. I, I think it really part of it comes down to his current position in AEW with the fans. I mean, he's getting booed all over the place, and you know, I, I agree with you at least to an extent. You put yourself out there in a public forum, and it becomes your responsibility to um, cultivate your perception that people have of you. But that—that's essential. And it's not like he chose to work under a mask or something, which he could have. I know a ton of wrestlers who work under a mask. Well, and speaking of that, have you watched any AEW Dark or Elevation? Of course. Because there's been a certain neck tattoo appearing under a mask with Fuego del Sol. (laughs) Wink, wink. You're not pulling us, Cody Rhodes. (laughs) Um, but yeah, that's, if, if you really want to, if you really want your, your identity to be kept secret in the professional wrestling industry, put on a mask. Like I, there are a ton of wrestlers who have done it. That was, a, you know, that was a big part of keeping them a speak in uh, Mexico with the luchadors. Yeah. It'll be El Generico. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, apparently, Walter has uh, changed his mind on his stance of moving to the United States. Uh, that's great news for Imperium and NXT 2.0. Um, PW Insider says that the changes in his personal life, uh, they speculated a little bit on his particular situation. We're not going to do that here because that's something that I find absolutely cringy. Uh, if they put it out there, it's one thing, but if you speculate on it, that's a whole other thing. Uh, I think it'd be a good addition to the main roster, so does, uh, you know, I imagine you do too. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've been talking for weeks about who would be a foil to Roman Reigns. Walter! Put Walter on the main roster against Roman Reigns. Gimme, gimme, gimme. I actually have the opposite opinion of where I think he would be well. The Tribal Chief stuff's working over on SmackDown. You can build up other stars to face him. Raw is lacking when it comes to serious factions and serious big heels. Imagine New Day versus Imperium. Imagine Big E versus Walter. Big sweaty men. It's such good cowboy shit. (laughs) Nide. Uh, yeah. I've, been on that. I've been waiting on that one all week. I just want you to know. <laughs> uh, we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, moving on. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, sorry about that. Uh, Becky Lynch is in the news along with Charlotte Flair. But um, talk about Becky Lynch on her own for a second because she was uh, asked directly on in an interview about AEW. Um, and specifically, if she thinks that AEW is competition, she uh, she was pretty coy in her answer. She replied that it's an alternative. She didn't say that it was competition, simply listed it as an alternative, but did admit that she doesn't miss an episode. She watches all of the AEW content that comes out. 
Um, not sure how much of that has to do with friends that she may, might have over on the AEW roster wanting to support them, but I got to imagine you're what they do. It's competition. No matter how WWE wants to frame it, competition's competition. What you're in the same league, you're in the same hemisphere, you're operating both in the same business. Your competitors, even by association, and you know, for me, that's brilliant. You should be watching your competitors, seeing what they're doing, learning, improving. Maybe there's something you see there that you're like, oh, that's a good idea. Here's how I would do it better. And then you, you know, as the old saying goes, the wrestling business is cyclical. You know, you take, you add, you reform, you shoot, and, you know, see what works. Um, I know I myself do it. I watch probably 75% of the promos I'm tagged in if they're interesting. Um... You know, if I'm not learning, I'm failing. That's the way I look at it. Um, other half of the story here. Yes. Uh, uh, oh, no, no, please, please. Uh, Lynch and Charlotte. Uh, so, Brian and I have kind of gone back and forth a little bit today on this particular topic. Um Brian, you oh, believe... Okay, let's get, let's, yeah, let's get into this again here. Let's get into this again here. All right, so we've seen the title exchange. We've seen the, the tweets, the, the jabs and promos, the lead into Survivor Series. Uh, they're kind of attempting to build real heat. Uh, there's been interesting little drops of nuggets here and there, uh, including even a, a, a tweet from Ric Flair about, the, about what was going on and Becky kind of responding, and she talked about it a little bit in an interview uh, earlier this week, and it's been interesting. I don't know if it's 100% a work. I do get work vibes. I feel like it's a work shoot. Oh, man. I'm, I'm calling this one 100% a work at this point, and because they're bringing it up in promos now. Like It's not just the, the Twitter stuff or the little jabs in interviews. Like They're bringing it up <laughs> in storyline, on TV, and all I can think every time that I'm seeing this is, hey, we're going into Survivor Series. God damn, this reminds me of uh, Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. <laughs> and I mean, legitimately, it's kind of the most intriguing match on the Survivor Series card at this point. Yeah, I mean, WWE's kind of bungled the build to Survivor Series, but... To me, this is the one I'm most looking forward to. Um, you know, Roman Reigns versus Big E is another one, but, you know, this one actually has more of my interest, which is odd because I, I'm not I'm not super feeling Becky Lynch as a heel. She still enters the arena to a babyface pop. She still presents as a babyface, like, body language-wise. Like, coming in, standing up with the title, like... Yeah, yeah that, that's why. That's why in their match at Survivor Series, she's gonna lock in the figure eight Charlotte. on on Charlotte Flair, and Vince McMahon is gonna run out, or Seth Rollins. I'll, I'll give it to Seth Rollins. Will run out and tell him to ring the bells. She tapped. What so, city are we in for Survivor Series? I don't know. <laughs> Because if it's, if it's North Carolina... Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, um, 
Speaking of a flair, uh, we mentioned him earlier. Rick Flair is bringing back his uncensored podcast with another former WCW um, alumni. Uh, they shot the first couple episodes. Uh, he talked about Kenny Omega. He talked about his thoughts and you know feelings on the business today. He talked about being in Mexico with Andrade. Uh, it was quite the interesting podcast, to say the least. Noticed he didn't talk about that uh, Dark Side of the Ring episode from a month ago. Yeah, I think that this was his way of getting ahead of that. Uh, I don't think he's going to tackle I, it right away. But he, I just don't think it's a it's a smart move to call it an uncensored podcast when you're like uncensored self just with that robe wide open is exactly what you're getting. Uh, ripped off about. Maybe you can call it just the Woo Report or something. Uh, it's kind of a hanging problem. <laughs> but I'm Sean. Alrighty. Uh, Brian Danielson. Brian Danielson in the news this week uh, shooting on WWE and moreover the WWE releases. Of course, his father-in-law, John Laurinaitis, responsible for many of those um Releases having to call them personally to, to do the dirty work. Um, hey. He says straight up that he thinks it's unfair that uh, if WWE is allowed to fire employees with a 90-day no-compete clause, that wrestlers who want to leave should be allowed to opt out of their contracts with a 90-day uh, no-compete clause, which I, I 100% agree. Like, that, that seems... That seems fair on both sides. Yeah, it, it's... Um, that 90 days... So, I, I, I've kind of dug into this a little bit. So, that 90 days is basically... It, it, it slows any momentum they might have had in the market. But also, they still collect a paycheck during that 90 days. So, if you're still paying somebody... I understand the logic behind not wanting them to wrestle for another company if you're still paying them. But I do agree. I think they should be able to opt out and forego the money. It works in professional sports. It should work in wrestling. Um, Danielson also said that it's not right because, you know, WWE, we talked about last week, biggest record profits in history claiming budgetary cuts are necessary in their most profitable year to date. Yeah, I think it's real clear that that is nothing but corporate shill bullshit. Hey, kid, Um, it's me, Johnny Ace. Do fucking better. Gimmick <laughs> infringement. Um, and finally, our last piece of news, uh, and one that I'm personally the most excited about of all the news that we've reported on today, is the massive teases by AEW that Okada is on his way to the United States, baby. Well, I mean, Okada was actually already in the United States. He faced uh, Buddy Matthews, a.k.a. formerly known as um, Buddy Rogers, and or not Buddy Rogers, um, <laughs> Buddy Murphy in WWE. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was watching old school wrestling today. Um, yeah, so he faced him and defeated him at a New Japan show. Um Another bit of news that I think went a little bit of under our, under our radar uh, that I actually, you know, this is my fault. I forgot to put it on our notes, buddy. I'm going to co- cover it now. Uh, Jonah, formerly known as Bronson Reed, made a surprise debut at a New Japan show laying out, confronting Moose from Impact and, and laying out Juice Robinson. Moose! I love Moose. 
Yeah, gimmick infringement. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's a huge get for, for New Japan. Uh, the Aussie super heavyweight. Um, he moves better than Vader ever could. And he's better in the ring than Vader ever was. So no, I'm excited. I, I, no, no, that's a, that's, a, that's a big grab for New Japan. But dude, you are sitting right next to me at All In. I like we watched Okada together against Marty Skrull, one of the most amazing matches, like on on that card. Yeah, it, it was wasn't my most favorite match in the card, but it definitely was a very good one. Great, great storytelling. Yes, uh, was the whole build really to it. That match. The whole build to it, and you know, I know Marty has a lot of heat with, with wrestling today, and it's deservedly mm-hmm. so. Uh, we're not going to delve into that, but uh, him and Okada put on a hell of a show leading into it and a hell of a show at it. Um, you know, All In was a, a life-changing experience for me as a wrestling fan, being a part of those, mm. you know, villain chants, being a part of the Bullet Club chants. You know, it, it was a once-in-a-lifetime event, and, you know, it, it's something that I'll cherish forever. Uh, yeah, me too. That, like, that was an incredible experience. Like... Uh, almost like a religious experience, the way that the whole uh, audience was together on that show. It was really incredible. If you were there, you you know exactly what we're talking about. Um, Okada, though, I, I, I mean, Kenny Omega, the matches with Kenny Omega, stuff he's done with Kota Ibushi, I, I just couldn't be happier. Yeah. I just couldn't be happier at... Uh, at seeing that move, so I'm really excited about that. That was my was my favorite. I just wanted to plug it. Okay, alrighty. <laughs> uh, moving on, we got some real wrestling news. <laughs> wrestling, wrestling. Um, so this week, buddy, I don't know. WWE kind of they laid a giant turd sandwich on us, in my opinion. Uh, WWE, no. <laughs> no, never, no. Let's talk about SmackDown. Um, if we must. Yeah. The better of the two shows this week, but you're really comparing apples to a pile of shit uh, at this point with Raw and SmackDown. Um, there were a couple pros, a couple cons. Uh, the first being, they seem to be pushing a newcomer, Aaliyah, uh, even though they're lying about her age. She's 26. <laughs> <laughs> Um, my only concern is the way they're booking her with the Sony Deville angle now, and it's very cringy, in my opinion, because they're repeating the same thing that they're doing on Raw. Like, and, and if you're gonna do anything, you should do the same thing as Raw. It's such a successful show. So many roll hops. Oh my god! You almost just made me spit out my coffee. <laughs> For those of you who um, who don't know Brian, uh, that is what we like to refer to as a Brian sin. It's like if I spit out alcohol. <laughs> God damn. Uh, in other uh, another pro, I would say for uh, this week's SmackDown, at least for me, was Tony Storm coming out to confront Charlotte. Huge Tony Storm fan. Uh, yeah, huge, huge. Uh, yeah, I'm a huge. Tony Storm fan, followed her on the indies, followed her in NXT UK to NXT, and now the main roster. Um, excited they're finally giving her an opportunity. Um, also confused as fuck because she's been off TV for like three months. 
Like, but that's WWE booking. Let's just randomly insert random person into the title picture. Because this makes all you gotta sense. do is all you gotta do is get injured. That's the real that's the real trick to succeeding in WWE is you gotta get injured, be out for a couple of months, you come back, boom, you're a champion. Like, she wa- she wasn't seconds. even injured. She's just been literally sitting at home. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. Oh, no. Love Tony Storm. Love it. <laughs> but um Yeah, this just doesn't make any fucking sense. Like I, I'm fine if you want to build a new challenger, and Tony's the perfect challenger for her. Mm-hmm. But make it make fucking sense. Make her have a couple matches. Make her have a match with Charlotte and Charlotte cheat. Do something. Do fucking better. How about that? I guess I'm just really happy to have not only it be Tony Storm, but also the fact that it's not a horsewoman. Yes, they. They. I think. Honestly, I think that somebody in WWE might actually be listening to our podcast because we keep saying push the non-horsewomen. You have more talented people than just the horsewomen. Don't get me wrong. I like the horsewomen to a degree. All very talented ladies. But you have more women than the horsewomen. Do it's something just, it's, with that. It's an oversaturation, man. But yeah. It's overexposure. Yeah. You know, and ultimately it's, it's just going to hurt the company in the long run. Yeah. Um, next little bit of news. Uh, we had Roman Reigns versus Xavier Woods. Uh, honestly, the match was very, very good. Um, no complaints. My favorite part was at the end, you know, it was a DQ finish, but when the Usos put the crown on Roman Reigns' head, and, you know, the whole I'll show you a true king thing, or whatever he said came about, I thought that was really well done. Um, it's good heat. It, it builds a little bit of sympathy for Xavier. Um, I hope that... Well, the, the other thing about that, I mean, this is not to be missed. Roman Reigns has won. Not, not, not a DQ, not a loss, not a tie, not a count out, not a going to time limit draw. Roman Reigns has straight up won every single match. For two since, years now? Since he came back from the leukemia belt. Since 2019. Until Xavier Woods this last Friday. And it's not a win for Woods. But just that interruption of Reigns' streak is a rub. Like, that's great. Well, yeah, and the thing is, is it's, it's the crashing waves theory like we talked about with booking. It's two ships passing in the night. You brought them together... Now they have a rub. Then you can bring them back to revisit the story or continue it. Uh, personally, I think they should lean into it, and I think they should start building Woods up more and more. He doesn't have to ultimately win the Universal title, but have him have a good three-month feud with Reigns. Get that rub. Get the true rub. Maybe even he can pin him in a non-title match or something. But do, um. do something with it is my point. I'd, I think I'd rather see Woods get, like, a count-out victory. Something. Something. Um, but, yeah, I, you know, let Woods go ahead and be that guy that gets the, the win over Reigns. But I I don't want to see Reigns get, get pinned. I don't, you know, Woods, I love Xavier Woods. Uh, Consequences Creed, whatever you want to call him. But I just don't think he's, yeah. I don't think he's the guy. 
to beat Roman Reigns. Yeah, um, they've been kind of leaning pretty hard into this Rock's 25th anniversary Survivor Series. You know, they had Matt Riddle, Rhea Ripley, Damian Priest, and Zelina Vega all dress up like in different Rock outfits. Um, kind of making me think that we're, you know, even though The Rock's denying it, I, I think he might appear at Survivor Series. And well, man, you dressed up like The Rock last week, too. I saw you with a fanny pack. That's not a fanny pack. That's a man purse. <laughs> Kidding. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's... Um, I don't know. At this point, you're either sending Reigns on a heel version of Bruno San Martino's level run, or somebody like Brock, Cena... The Rock or Austin or someone at that at that level has to beat them, or you've got to build somebody to at least be an equal level with them. And if I'm being perfectly honest, I don't see a single soul in WWE besides those that I name that could do it. Walter, <laughs> you just like big sweaty men. Such good shit. Uh, cons this week. Um, we already mentioned running the same storyline on SmackDown as Raw. Yay. As as I said, it's always good when you uh, copy the, the, the worst show. Oh, sure, you can copy my homework. Just change it a little bit. <laughs> the audience can't see me, but I'm doing that blank stare. Where I'm blinking nonstop. <laughs> uh, another con we talked about already: Tony Storm confronting Charlotte. Um, it doesn't make any sense, and I, I'm excited to see where it goes. But the oddball, the one that stood out the most to me, they called up Von Wagner. He's been in NXT like what a month. Is it really calling him up to have him stand there and say and do absolutely nothing? I mean, I don't even know why he was, why they brought him there. To give Adam Pierce a muscle. Like. Then, then look, then, then look intimidating. Cross your arms and be all dieselish. He looks, well, the thing is, is like, so, if you look at him, he's like, he reminds me of Edge to a degree. Physically in the face. They both have the same brow structure. He looks like he could be Edge's son from like, you know, a one night stand 20 years ago. (laughs) If I don't see that interaction happen, I'm going to be really mad. Just saying it. Just getting it out there. I need to see that happen. For just for the very least of a, do I know you? You know my mom. Oh man, I seriously, I, I don't know why he was there. If we're gonna see him versus Edge, then please let it be over quickly. Spear one, two, three. It's not gonna happen because Edge is on a Raw now. I think the draft uh, doesn't even make sense anymore. All right, well, well, let, let's go ahead and jump to Raw then. Yeah. Ugh. Uh, um. So I'm just gonna come out and say it. There was literally only one good thing about the show this week. One good thing. It was pretty much the only good thing about last week's show, too. Kevin Owens, Kevin Owens versus Finn Balor. 
match of the night. Um, yeah, I, 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 I got nothing else. I'm just being no, honest. It was, a good, it, was, it was a good match. You know, um, when you're bringing back some superstars that were killer in NXT and who actually want to wrestle, which I believe that Balor and Owens legitimately want to wrestle, want to put on good matches. Mm-hmm. Um, They're going to put on a show. They're going to put on a show. Uh, but you're, you're right. That was the only thing that was uh, I watched, even stomachable about Raw. I watched the full version, and then I watched the Hulu condensed version. And um, I, I want I'm for, making a mistake of watching the full version. I'll, I'm, I'll just watch the Hulu version next week. I'm going to have to at this point. <laughs> I can't stomach it. It's just, you know... Big E kicks off the show, finally building to the match with him and Roman Reigns. It's almost like WWE remembers that they have a fucking pay-per-view this week. So let's put one of our main events with six days to go. Hey, go cut a promo. That's fucking stupid. Do fucking better. Well, I mean, it is fucking stupid. But at the same time, the concept of having this match is fucking stupid to me. It's a no-win situation as far as I'm concerned. Like, what are you going to do? You they're, can, they're no matter what, one of these guys has to lose, and they're both your champions. That's the thing. It's like, Big E's going to lose this match, or there's going to be some DQ to it. And it's it's very predictable. There's no, you know, maybe The Rock shows up and screws Roman Reigns and Big E pins him. That would at least be intriguing. But six days fucking notice? Come on. I think it's a lot more likely that Xavier Woods is the one to fuck over Roman Reigns if someone's going to and help his buddy Big E get over. I mean, they're they're New Day pals, so... Yeah, that's more likely, but it's not as exciting. And I love Xavier Woods. Don't get me wrong, but... Uh, um, Adam Pierce. Deciding to make some more changes to the Survivor Series team that he booked. Ah, my head hurts. Yeah. Um. So, just gonna say this: I actually don't mind the idea of, you know, treating it like a chess match where, you know, one team makes changes, the other responds. I can kind of get behind that. It's kind of a flexible thing. But at that point, you're killing your own build. You had no qualifying matches to give this match any buzz. All the SmackDown people were on Raw. All the Raw people were on SmackDown. You've taken both Mysterios out. And then, I forget who you replaced. You replaced Dominic with Bobby Lashley. And then you replaced Mm -hmm. Rey Mysterio with Austin Theory. Wasn't your whole logic of getting Dominic off because... Dominic had never been a WWE champion or a world champion. Well, Austin Theory sure as shit has never held gold in WWE. Do fucking better. You bring, you bring up the chess match idea, and you know you're right. Like, but if you're gonna do that, then don't announce your whole team at once. You know, back and forth. It's a game. You pick somebody for your team, and then I counter with somebody from my, you know, for my team that is gonna be a foil. For the guy on your team, and you do the same back and forth. That would make sense. The WWE does not book with common sense. They book 
with a senile old man at the helm. Hey, but they're making all that money. You can fire people. <laughs> uh, hey, it's me, Johnny Ace. The rest of the show is just trash, man. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to waste our audience's time and more of our time talking about it. Fuck you, WWE. Do fucking better. Uh, double that sentiment. Um, AEW, on the other hand... AEW, yeah, on the other hand, uh, before we get into AEW, we're going to have a word from one of our sponsors. Have you been feeling down, limp, flaccid, boring? Well, it's time to put an end to all of that. Pick up your Enforced Chew today and go from being a Michael Miner in the bedroom to a King Dominator. Make her remember the name as you put her down for the three count. Go the distance. Make her know that you're an Iron Man and pick up your Enforced Chew today. Use the code Standards of Greatness at EnforcedChew.com to get 20% off your next order of Enforced Chew. Enforced Chew, a Whiskers Bearing product. Alrighty, um, before we dive into full gear, let's talk about Dynamite and Rampage this last week. Um, Dynamite was solid, it wasn't anything really to write home about. You know... I feel like it was kind of a little more reserved than usual because they were saving a lot of it for full gear. Um, I, I think that's a smart move, though. I mean, you had full gear was a huge. It was a culmination of it. There was a lot for that show. Yeah, um, Inner Circle and American Top Team finally had a good segment for once. Uh, I can't complain about how they delivered there. Um, you know. We had the matches with uh, Leo Rush and Dante Martin versus Matt Seidel and Lee Moriarty. That was a really good tag match. Uh, mm-hmm. Leo Rush dedicated that to his grandmother who passed earlier in the week. That, that was a, a sweet um, sentiment from Leo Rush and a really good match. Good performance by Leo Rush. You could tell he was putting a little bit more into that, that it really meant something to him. It was kind of cool to see. Yeah. I really, um, I really liked his uh, his gear. He had some white Power Ranger inspired gear. Yeah. Uh, next match: uh, Pac versus Dax Hardwood. Um, great match. Yeah. Um, my only complaint is the post match beatdown was very telegraphed, and then the announcement for the tag match for for uh, Full Gear was super telegraphed. I think they could have maybe booked that a little bit differently, or you know. Drew it out to, you know, to Rampage. Mm-hmm. You know, add the intrigue. There's tons of intrigue about the whole event, but it kind of made it feel like it was kind of, like, thrown together at the last minute. When yeah. It, it's been telegraphed for weeks, but it just made it... It could have been done better, you know. I don't... It, it's, it's been kind of wishy-washy, yeah. I feel. Like, they haven't just, like, really set into it. Yeah. I think that's kind of the problem with it. Yes. But at least they're getting to it now. Yeah. My favorite moment of the entire night was the Kenny Omega versus Hangman Adam Page contract signing. I don't know about you, buddy, but I thought that their promos were great. I thought the way that they were presenting themselves were great. I thought the Don Callis attack was great. And then signing the contract in blood? That's just good shit. I'll be honest, I didn't see... Um, 
excuse me, I didn't see the Don Callis part coming. Like, I, you know, I figured it was going to be good, good talk. I figured we were going to get a, a little bit of a brawl in there. Um, but goddamn, Don Callis is such a punchable already face. This big to be able to hype it even higher going into the into the last week of the match. Wow. Yeah. The uh, the interesting thing, and I think it threw people off a lot, uh, was they removed Don Callis from all mentions of the match about two weeks out. And he, we hadn't seen him in a couple weeks before that. Um, I thought that was very well done, and it, it, it made people forget about Don Callis long enough for, well, as he say, the, the devil was a snake in the garden, so he hid in plain sight. He is the cameraman helped Kenny beat down it. Hangman. It, it was just a good segment. I, yeah. You know, WWE should be taking notes. <laughs> I'll say. <laughs> um, cons? Yeah, uh, there were, were a couple. We already talked about one. Um, so, I ranted about this last week. I'm going to rant about it again. You're welcome to join me, buddy. Okay, so... <laughs> I already hate the fact that they're picture-in-picture. Like, I like picture-in-picture as a concept, but, like, I want the commercial to be in the small part and the match to be in the big. Never lets me do it. Uh, But I'm noticing a trend. It's always happening during the women's matches. Now, I don't know if this is by intention. I don't know if this is by, you know, just happenstance. Um, Stop with the, the bullshit. Multi-women matches, singles women matches. You can schedule your commercial breaks in your show how you want. Advertisers pay for the slots, but you could do it at a better time. Frankly, um, I would rather have shorter commercial spots and more of them breaking up the show. Um, Just let me see the match. Let me see the goddamn match. I tune out. Like... You know, I, for me, I've got ADHD, so, like, I'm already distracted as hell with how my brain functions, but, like, you make it really hard for me to stay engaged when you do that. Well, you, you can't even hear, like, there's no comment, like, it's just the commercial in all reality. You're seeing what's going on on the screen, but, you know, I remember back in the day, if anything interesting happened during the commercial break, they'd, they'd give you that picture-in-picture of what happened in the commercial break while you're watching the match, and I'd almost rather have that at this point. Like, yeah, I want to see the match. Yeah, like I remember them doing Don't that during the uh, Booker T versus Chris Benoit best of seven, like a yeah. couple of times. So it, it's quite capable to be done. I just think that it, it they need to be mindful of what what and when they're doing when it comes to that. Well, and the the interesting thing too is. If you're doing it the right way, um, you hit those points in the match, and it's a great opportunity to do, you know, go into the rest hold. You know, keep yourself from getting all blown up in the ring, and you'll be able to put on a longer match, a higher quality match. You know, you can ramp yourself back up, and uh, the fans that are in attendance don't really notice that much of a difference because. You were using the rest hold. You're like you're still engaged in the match. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah it, I think that that's a logical way to go. But some people are against rest holds in matches. 
at all, let alone for commercial breaks. Um, it wasn't the only con, though. Uh, I don't know how you feel about this, but I'm over the Orange Cassidy and Best Friends versus the Hardy Family stuff. I just... That stuff's worse than the American Top Team and Inner Circle stuff to me. Uh, I'd rather watch Liv Morgan and Carmella go at it again. <laughs> or Pete Dunn on a mic. Wow. Wow. Don't get me wrong. That, I, love, that's... I love all the talents involved. I love every single one of them in an individual capacity, but this feud has long stayed past its welcome. No, I, I agree with you there. Um... It just doesn't feel fresh anymore. It's not uh, freshly it, squeezed. It actually reminds me a lot of the Usos in New Day. Mm. Like, I'm just, you know, it's, it's gone on long enough. Let's separate them. You can bring them back together later if you really want yeah, to. Yeah, you but, can bring them back together at double or nothing. Like, just... But, but let them separate for a little bit. <laughs> um, all in all, pretty average yeah, dynamite. You know. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so Rampage this week, as far as pros go, Bobby Fish, Jungle Boy, I mean, can't be surprised there. Yeah, honestly, both men, I think, are really incapable of putting on terrible matches. Uh, very complimentary styles, uh, and it told a good story, and it set up the um, the no-DQ match at Full Gear very well. Kind of kept that fresh and kept, kept you wondering who was going to win a little bit. Um... I'm telling you, man. I'm I'm about two weeks away from just being a solid Bobby Fish mark. Like, <laughs> well, you love a good striker. I, I've known you for a long time. You love a good striker. It, it, they're so crisp. Every his, kick. his moves are so damn crisp. And they, and they, you know, I knocked him a while back on the show for you know not having his stuff as crisp as I felt he needed to, and he has. He has shored that little thing up um, real quick. Bobby Fish uh, confirmed Standards of Greatness podcast, Mark. It goes back and forth. He's wearing a Standards of Greatness t-shirt. I'm going to start wearing a Bobby Fish t-shirt. We're best friends. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, honestly, this rampage, I think, was underwhelming. Um, I think, again, they held back a lot uh, due to full gear. I think they... they this Rampage lacked a lot of star power, in my opinion. Um, it didn't have a real draw to it outside of Jungle Boy and Bobby Fish. Uh, yeah. But it's Bobby Fish. Yeah. Uh, calm, it's Bobby fucking Fish. Calm down. You can have your McFishwitch over there. Two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to hold you to that. Um, <laughs> cons. Um, so... Santana Garrett recently released from WWE uh, back earlier this year versus Jade Cargill. Um, I understand why they're booking Jade like a monster. I just, I think I might be the only person that doesn't give a shit about her versus Red Velvet. (laughs) I I Um, literally could not care less. Okay, so here's what I'm going to say on this, Evan. Um, I'm I'm not trying to doubt it. I just think that I what I really think is AEW has so many like really interesting storylines going on. So I think the, the real problem is is this isn't as compelling. This isn't as interesting. This doesn't draw you in the same way that like uh, 
you know, a hangman versus Cody Omega contract signing is going to. Kenny Omega. Or, you know, any standard Bobby Fish match. Kenny Omega. That's the answer. <laughs> uh, yeah, I definitely don't think it was compelling. Um, it just kind of, I don't know, Red Velvet botches a lot and Jade's not really, like, super... She's not a super ring presence person. It's monster versus bocce babyface, in my opinion. And, eh, kind of mid. I don't know. Wasn't the only con. Um, speaking of not freshly squeezed, Orange Cassidy <laughs> versus Matt Hardy in a lumberjack match. Uh, the match was okay. It ended with Matt Hardy, you know, his team cheating to win, but, like, and it set up a match for this week, but... It just needs to end. Just put it out of its fucking I, I misery. Like, I like Matt Hardy. I like Orange Cassidy. As far as I'm concerned, they're the two best parts of the feud. But I really hate lumberjack matches in general, man. Like I, yeah. But I, I've never liked. I've never liked lumberjack matches. I think the whole idea is stupid as shit. Um, I'm fine with them if they're done every once in a while and done to like not start a feud or end a feud, but, like, to kind of prolong it. I'm fine with that. I just feel like every Lumberjack match should end end up in a giant brawl on the outside. I mean, you got all these baby faces on one side, you got all these heels on the other side, half of them are having feuds with each other. What's stopping them from just walking around the ring and starting, you know? That's how it should be. What, especially, like, Survivor Series time. That's when you should do it. Drives me nuts. <laughs> uh, all right, all right. Now to the well, what I think of is the main event of the week. Because goddamn, was this a good show? It really was. Um, so Brian and I, we made our predictions on the page, the Standards of Greatness podcast Facebook page. Make sure you follow and like it and join it. So, buddy, I will. I will. Um, I know. I'm gonna go ahead and say it. Evan, congratulations. It puts us to you two. Beat me. You beat me by one point. Now, I'm gonna go ahead and, and you know I'm really proud though of of the po- of the ones that I got that you didn't get. I'm really proud of this specific one. We'll get to that here in a second. <laughs> uh, starting things off, boom. Uh, uh, go ahead, go ahead, buddy. Alrighty, uh, Sheeta and Thunder Rosa defeated Nyla Rose and Jamie Hayter. We both got this wrong. Um, both wrong. <laughs> So the reason I picked who I picked was because I felt like both of those uh, wrestlers needed a win. But I think Sheeta and Thunder Rosa, they're in, still in the, T- the TBS women's title tournament. So it makes sense that they got the win. But it's also kind of felt like a way to keep them going. Actually, I think all four women might still be in the, uh, in the tournament. But it's keep them busy, basically. Um... MJF. Second match. Second match of the night. MJF defeating Darby Allen. Uh, I got this one wrong. I got this one right. I picked picked Darby Allen to go over. I figured Sting might be a determining factor, distracting uh, MJF. It was not to be. Um, It was a great match, though. It was a great match. I really want to emphasize this one. Contem- An incredible match. Contender for match of the night, honestly. A lot of people... Okay, so... Afterwards, MJF you know, basically said on the past, present, and future of, of wrestling and, like, 
know, he went on a kind of a rant about how people need to respect, you know, put some respect on his name. And, you know, I see a lot of people shitting on him because he's, you know, a heel. And I hate to break it to you guys, but if you're expecting five-star matches out of your heels, your heels aren't being very healy. Like, some can do it. Like, Kenny Omega, as a heel, that was kind of his thing. He was the obnoxious, you know, best bout machine, the cleaner. That was his thing. But you have to lower your expectations. A true old-school heel, kind of in the similar style of MJF, they work rest holds. They work, you know, lots of holds and submissions, and, like, they kind of slow the pace of the match. That's the beauty of it. You remember uh, Seth Rollins. The Seth Rollins, Tyler Black, originally came to WWE. Now he's, you know, comes to the main roster, part of the Shield. He wasn't jumping off the top rope. He wasn't doing the aerial stuff that he could do. Um, <laughs> the closest he came to it was his first TLC uh, with uh, the six-man that they had there. Realistically, until the shield turned babyface, he wasn't coming off the top rope at all. Same, same damn concept. Yeah. I think people far too often expect MJF, oh, he didn't have a five-star match, so he must not be very good. Um, no, that's some Mark talk, and you're being fucking stupid. Um, moving on to the next match. The Lucha Bros defeating FTR. Uh, again, Evan, you got this right. I got this wrong, but I do want to throw a little asterisk on this one. <laughs> uh, come, it, it, it did come out after the match that apparently one half of FTR... Cold cocked and knocked out ten minutes into the match may have may have played into the finish. I think um, I think it might have. I don't think it would have changed the finish. The Lucha Bros are still fresh into their tag title run. They just you know lost the Triple A titles. It's a little too soon to put both on FTR. FTR is fresh into their title run, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Different titles were on the line. Uh, yeah, um, uh, moving on, uh, Danielson, Brian Danielson defeated Miro. Brian, you got this right, I got this wrong, you're finally on the scoreboard, buddy. You know, it's, the shuffleboards and Shady Pines are finally paying off. Alright, this is the one that I'm really proud of getting right, right here. Because Danielson and Miro was such a fucking close call. Like, this was one of the harder ones... Of the whole show to pick a to pick a winner on. Yeah, um, I could have seen it going either way, real easy. I, I I mean, Miro was a late addition. The reason I picked Miro is just because like Danielson seemed so obvious that I, you know I figured they'd kind of want to like delay that a little bit. But I was a little worried just because I knew that Paige was going to go over. So you know, Miro's the heel. That's the easier match to write. Yeah. All right. Um, moving but, on. Uh, yep. So Christian Cage and Jurassic Express defeated the Super Click. We both got this wrong. Um, <laughs> I, I switched this one actually at the last minute. I originally had Jurassic Express and Christian Cage going over. You can see my edit history on Facebook for proof. Um, but my gut kind of told me to go with the Super Click. It was still wrong. Happy to be wrong. I'm, I really thought the super click was going to go over. Again, we knew that Kenny Omega was going to lose 
in the main event. So having the super clip go over kind of evens that out a little bit. So I was I was surprised. Um, I do want to I do want to send a shout out though. Matt Jackson was fucking awesome in this matchup. He took that concerto like a boss. Like a <laughs> boss. Uh, Cody Rhodes and Pac getting the win over Malachi Black and Andrade. And we both got that right, buddy. Yeah, this one just seemed very easy to predict. Uh, I kind of was just like, yeah, I want Black and Andrade to win, but Cody Rhodes has got to get a win eventually. Pac needs a win. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly where I was at with that one. Uh, I think... They needed it a lot more than uh, than Black and Andrade. It was pretty funny to see um, Arn Anderson out at ringside with his invisible Glock. It's the best thing in wrestling. It's a Glock o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> uh, moving on, uh, Britt Baker defeated uh, Taya Conti. We both got this right. Again, this seemed very predictable. Um, don't get me wrong, huge Taya Conti fan. Huge. Um, I just, I don't think anyone's quite at the level that Baker's at in the company just yet. I think they kind of need to build a little bit more to it. It just depends on who they're building. Uh, the voice of the voiceless, CM Punk, going over on Eddie Kingston, just like both you and I predicted. We both got it right. Uh, um, <laughs> this is my pick for match of the night. Uh, I was super excited going into it. Um, Cena Punk, as I'm going to call him, because he did the five moves of Doom and almost went for the <laughs> the uh, the five knuckle shuffle. Uh, the match... I really wish he would have gone full oh, commit to it. Come on, dude! I would have I would have popped so hard. Um, the match started off with Eddie Kingston actually like cold cocking him and knocking him out. There was both people bled, both people got hurt. It was a you know. It was a short but brutal story, like beautifully told. Um, and you know, to his credit, Eddie Kingston, for his uh, as telegraphed as this one did seem for both of us, there was a moment there that Kingston did make you believe that he might just go over on Punk, and that's well, always the goal, like well, in these kind of matches. That, and he managed to get the crowd to boo CM Punk. Not not cheer him to boo him. I think, well, I mean, I want to boot CM Punk. Come on, let me boot. Turn heel already! Uh, Inner Circle defeats the American Top Team. Again, a match that you and I both predicted uh, correctly here. Neither one of us cared about, being honest. No. And, yeah, I'm, I'm, let's just and and to the match that we did care oh, yeah. about. The one that seems uh, so predicted. This one is obvious. Um... Hangman Adam Page defeated Kenny Omega to win the AEW World Title, um, finalizing the score at seven to six with my victory. It's such good cowboy shit. Now, Brian, I, I went back and I looked at all of our pay-per-view predictions. Currently, it stands two o one. We drew on one of the events. I won two of them. Are you going to try to get on the board with the Survivor Series this week? You know I'm going to get on the board with Survivor Series this week. All right, best of luck to you. Okay, wait, wait, hold on. Is it even fair to do Survivor Series? Because how can we even know what's going to be the Survivor Series team? Adam Pierce is going to pull three more members. 
That's why I'm not making my predictions until Saturday morning. Yeah, I think that's fair. Okay, Saturday <laughs> morning, we will get our picks up there on the uh, Standards of Greatness Facebook page. And we're going to move right into EFED News because there's something else that's going up on the Facebook page here tonight. Uh, we're recording this on Wednesday night. Um, real quick, we're going to step over and take a break for our sponsor before we get into EFED News. Have you been worried that you haven't been able to get that championship win in the bedroom with your lucky lady? Well, now is your chance to send her straight to Mania with Enforce True. Pick up your Enforce True and become an madman both in the streets and in the sheets. Dominate her and lay her down for the three count with Enforce True and last four times as long as the leading male enhancement product. Pick up your Enforce True today at EnforceChew.com and use the code Standards of Greatness to get 20% off your next order of Enforce Chew, a Whiskers brand product. And we're back, uh, Evan. Evan, I made a mistake. Hey, it happens. I forgot some stuff on uh, on the notes myself. Uh, but okay, this... okay. I'm, I'm gonna, I want to rewind it. I want to rewind it before we do EFED news. There's something else I want to talk about. Something else happened at Full Gear, and I was so I was so elated with the Hangman uh, Kenny Omega match and, and Hangman's victory. Huge celebration. Cowboy shit. But, <laughs> holy shit. Woo! I had the privilege uh, to be on the road, up and down, late nights, parties, kissing the girls, and making them cry. Jay Lethal is in AEW, baby. Yeah, um, we're going to jump right in and tackle this. Um, Jay Lethal, tremendous talent, um... ROH closing opened the opportunity for him to join. He will not be appearing at ROH Final Battle. Uh, he did issue an open challenge to Sammy Guevara for the TNT title this week on Dynamite. We will not spoil that result for you. Uh, you can check it out yourself or, or listen next week when we talk about it. Um, but we want to address the concerns of fans, and we also want to display both sides of the argument. So Jay Lethal, tremendous talent, like we've talked about. Um has had some reported concerns with the uh, the Me Too movement and uh, co- the coming out movement and whatnot, where he was alleged to have sexually harassed uh, several ROH women backstage. Uh, we say alleged because we weren't there. We don't have proof. Um, we're going to present both sides of the argument here. So I think he's denied the allegations. He has came out and said that. There is limited amount of proof, so it's kind of hard to tell. It's not as obvious as it was with, like, you know, Jimmy Havoc and other people like Joey Ryan, etc. Ultimately, I think it's something we need to to be concerned about and monitor. That's where my stance is on it. Uh, Definitely, you know, if it's a concern of yours and you're in the, the, the wrestling area with him and you're in the back room backstage... You know, keep your eyes about you. Um, so, my I'm going to kind of take the other side of the stance here. Just play devil's advocate a little bit. Um, there were investigations done into uh, the allegations made. 
in uh, Ring of Honor, just like there were uh, investigations into you know the Joey Ryan situation, Leo Rush situation, Matt Riddle situation. There were a ton of names that came out uh, during the Me Too movement. Um, actually, uh, Lethal's was one of the later names. Yes. To come out. Yeah. Um, um, as far as the investigation goes, nothing was turned up. Now, I can't say that nothing happened. Again, just like Evan can't, couldn't say that something did. I do agree with you, though. It should it should be something that is monitored. It should be something that's kept on, uh, you know, keep an eye on. And honestly, I don't think that's just for Jay Lethal. I think that's just in Everybody. general. I think we should all be policing each other constantly. We should all be doing fucking better. <laughs> all right. Amen. Moving on to EFED news. All right. Well, uh, sorry, I got a little. I, I jumped on this a little bit early here, but uh, lots of excitement. Elite tournament news time, baby. All right. And uh, just to let you know, we will be posting the uh, these matchups here because we got the matches for round or the first round, but week two. Um, those will be going up on our Facebook page tonight. Again, if uh, you're part of those matches. Please do not begin promoing until 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Thursday, uh, the uh, 18th of November. All right, before we reveal that, though, uh, we're going to let you hear the promos that have been dropped so far between Hollywood Watkins and Blake Buchanan and Toa versus Xander Cool, our matches for next week's event. Uh, I'm excited for this, Brian. Um, without further ado, would you like to do All the right, so here we go. This is uh, Toa, and we'll be immediately followed up by Sandra Cool. We'll be back here in just a minute. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this beautiful event. This invitational, this tournament of greats. The best thing about being the first man to step in that ring is that I get to tell each and every single one of you competitors that are in this competition that I tore the warrior and not coming here to dilly dally I'm coming here to kick each and every single one of your teeth in and I'm starting with Sander Cool Sander you could say me and you are polar opposites you from the far northern hemisphere and me from the deep south. Now I know for you Americans that means something different, but just just think for a second that there might be a world outside your fucking country. I don't care who likes me. I am here for the fans. I am here to show them that I am the best at this art. I am the best at painting a picture with my opponent's body all over that 20 by 20. When I step in the ring, you who stands before me, bend the knee. Kneel or fall. Know you're greater. Know you're superior. He mahia mahiana ki I am here to do the bidding of the God of War. And that means I am coming to fight you. And when I beat you, I will eat you and take your mana. 
Santa cool Better up Elite Invitational A tournament I thought I would never stand in A tournament that I thought I would never be Invited in And yet here I stand Yet here I stand. Allow me to introduce myself. I am the protector Senegal. And my fate has led me to a unique challenge. To a unique warrior. And that warrior is you, Tawan. That warrior is someone who I respect. Someone who I've never faced, nor have I ever got the pleasure to fight. Toa, uh, allow me to say this to you with the deepest respect that I can find. I am honored to go into that ring and face you. To go and meet a unique entity such as yourself. And Yoto, I saw your meaning. I saw what you're trying to go for. And I respect that meaning. But don't be fooled by all that my country sends. Don't be fooled by the appearance that I am sent to represent. Because at the end, it's only a representation and not the action. You see, Toa, that's what you will have to contend with. My action. And what I do with my action is to protect the very competition itself and that competition will stand in that bright light and when we step into that bright light you will find that neither American or Dutch will help you understand my action. You will understand what I am and you will understand my action when you have fate. Riveting stuff, guys. Uh, I'm truly intrigued by this matchup. Um, I'm not going to give any opinions. I don't want to influence on any of the judges or anyone out there that could be listening. Um, I, I'm excited to see where Toa and Sander Cool both take this. Uh, they both have a different style with how they're doing it. Uh, what are your thoughts? Um, you know, I I think there were, you know, interesting things they both did. Personally, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to uh, give opinions here, but I, I do have to say I thought it was cool to hear Toa speak in his native tongue. Um, moving on to our next contest, 
Uh, it's going to be Hollywood Watkins going one-on-one with Blake Buchanan. We're going to play the audio for you. Here we go. I don't think it was coincidence. I don't think it was out of randomness that you and I were selected to be in the very first round of this elite tournament. You and I don't have much of a history, Watkins. Passing by, saying hi, when HKW was alive, was probably the closest you and I ever got. But this is where you and I can make magic. Lightning can strike and hit the bottle. Because this is where we set the pace. Everyone inside of this tournament aren't like you and me. We are hungry. We are starving for true competition. Everyone else sees you and me like people they can easily go through. That's what sets you, that's what sets me apart. At least my feelings. But I want to let you know. I want to prove to every single person, including you, in this tournament, that I am elite. Everywhere I've gone, people have had to rise to my level because I set the pace. I control the narrative. That's always how it's been. It's always going to be like that, Watkins. This ain't no different. You and I, we're going to go in that ring. We're going to duke it out. You're going to kick my ass. I'm going to kick your ass. But one thing is for goddamn sure, Watkins. Me. David Blake Buchanan. Will come out with the victory. I will maul you to shreds if I have to. This is about me. This tournament is about me. I need to prove that I am elite. I need to prove I am one of the greatest of all time. Give me your best shot. Fucking intro. Hollywood Rock is taking on David Blake Buchanan. In the first round of the EFED Elite Invitational. Now, David Blake Buchanan is a gift of wrestling. I will give David Blake Buchanan that. His amateur year in HKW. He set the bar high. Winning the HKW World Heavyweight Championship. His first year. David Blake Buchanan, without a shadow of a doubt, you are a fantastic wrestler. Hell, you, I could even say you are the future of pro wrestling. And myself, the king that runs the ring, Hollywood Walk is the box office hit. Me and you go one on one. This is our first hype, bitches. Let me tell you something, it's like this right now. Me and David Blake Buchanan, we are going to steal the show. We are going to show the world why we rule the wrestling world. And even though I'm most wanted, even though I'm from Chirac and you could call me a megastar, my words remain true. I only give valid 
truths. I will never lie to you fans when I say this. Me and David Blake Buchanan are going to set the bar high for our competitors in the E-Fed Elite Invitational. Congratulations! You are living in the same timeline as me and David Blake Buchanan. We are going one-on-one. -on -one. And this is the first hype in response to my opponent, David Blake Buchanan. Now, we're going to kick each other's ass. That's a guaranteed facts. But one of us is going to walk out the winner. One of us is going to go to the main event, the finals, and prove who truly is elite. David Blake Buchanan, I have nothing but respect for you. And I look forward to our match. And I look forward to your response. Hollywood Watkins out. So this is really different, Evan. Um, this is going to be. I don't know if I've ever heard two opponents put each other over this much. It's almost like they listen to the podcast and learn the lessons under the learning tree. Uh, no, in all, in all seriousness, uh, both two tremendous talents. Um, again, not going to give any predictions or thoughts on it necessarily. I uh, don't want to sway anybody, but yeah, it was nice. it was refreshing. They did it in very unique and different styles. I know very different styles. Um, you know, Blake shot it with the entire bracket behind him, while Hollywood Watkins, you know, he kind of it was like a movie. It was like a movie, a cinematic masterpiece. Um, yeah, it, two tremendous talents. All four men should be proud of the work they put out so far. Um, yeah, uh, moving on. The next two matches. All right, so I haven't, I haven't heard these. Evan, you got the email. You promised me you wouldn't open the email until we were live. So I want to know. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. All right. So we have had the head judge do the drawing for this match at random. The two matches will be the Alpha Angel Brian Mead versus Oliver well, Titan. I'm next week. You're next week, buddy. So while we have our matches we're having on the show, you'll be able to go. Uh, I, I'm, I'm excited. Let's go. Let's do this thing. All right. And then the second uh, match is another banger. We have Mr. 187, the PWR World Heavyweight Champion, Big Homie, going one-on-one -on -one with Hot Rod Allen of Ass to Mouth. Man, I'm not even joking. I was I was just watching these guys promo uh, before we went before we were went live to record tonight. Oh God, that's an awesome week right there. Uh, I, I'm excited. Awesome. I don't know about you guys, but I'm excited. Uh, yeah, we're having the head judge pick these matches. That way, it's it's fair. None of us know exactly what's going on. We all find out basically when you do. Uh, yeah, it's you know. I can't wait. Uh, I'm excited to see what you do, buddy. I think you're going to have some interesting things to say and some interesting things to prove. Um, you know what? Uh, here's, here's what I'm going to promise you, Evan. This is all I'm going to promise you is um, I'm not going to disappoint you. Good, good. Okay. Oh. Um, 
We're going to get into some more EFED news here. Uh, first, I want to talk about PCW a little bit. You mind? Uh, yeah. Um, I'll let you take the lead on this. All right. So, um, PCW has officially gone on hiatus as of right now. It's being discussed as a two-month hiatus. However, it could be... Uh, it came up longer than that. Daniel Roberts, um, as far as the, the, the on-screen story that we're hearing, is that a mystery investor has uh, taken control of PCW and taken it off television. Um, I know from talking to Daniel Roberts, a uh, friend of the pod, that he is uh, that there's a bit of burnout going on. Nothing, uh, nothing to be ashamed of there. Nothing I haven't felt myself. I've heard it from guys like... Jeremy King Chaos, Rob Roman, anyone who puts a lot of editing time into these shows. And, uh, you know, I, I think that Daniel taking some time away to make sure that he's got the mental health to uh, move forward is, you know, that that's the most important thing. So Definitely the right call. I mean, if you could end up seeing a restructure in PCW if it comes back. Um, you know, I think it... But the reason the burnout affects... A lot of the people, especially the newer Fed owners, you know, Brian, you dealt with your your bouts of it throughout the five years we did HKW. Um, but I've seen it a lot more with the newer Fed owners because I think a lot of them are trying to juggle a lot of that stuff all at once. You know, they're trying to juggle with the external, you know, competition. They're trying to juggle editing, management. It really, really comes down to who you surround yourself with and the amount mm -hmm. of buy-in your management team has the amount of buy-in that your locker room has. Um, PCW has a tremendous amount of buy-in. It's just, it's a lot. It takes a lot to actually run this. So, I, I, you're right. It, it matters incredibly who you surround yourself with. And, but that, I mean, that's not just the case in PCW. That's in, that's in wrestling in general. I mean, I have seen so much bad advice given or regurgitated advice with just like a sticker put over it um, from people who don't know what they're talking about. And uh, it, 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 it's really aggravating. List, like, if you are going to take advice from people, you know, we sit here on the pod and give advice every week. We also always can kind of back our shit up with experience. And I think there's a lot of guys out there that, you know, they call themselves legends, they call themselves champions, they call themselves workers, they call themselves great. You've been more, you've, you've been doing this for three weeks. Shut the fuck up and listen. Whew, sorry, sorry, didn't mean to go in there. Little <laughs> tangent. Alrighty, um, moving on to PWR. Uh, so this past week, I retained my title against Big Sexy John May. Uh, Hot Rod Allen got involved. Um, yeah. Not stoked. I kind of saw that coming, but eh, what can you do? This week, we have a pay-per-view, Wheel of Misfortune, live from Kingston, Jamaica, uh, where I face a newcomer, Tyrion Moreau. Uh, if you haven't already checked out my promos on Tyrion this week in PWR... Oh, my... Dude. 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 What? That is brutal. What? Like, I'm sorry. Love I just taps. Gotta say, that was... Love taps. That was brutal, brother. Love taps. God damn! Hey, um, we're if, cool. if, let's go over this whole card. All right, like, this is this is a solid this is a solid card. You guys, you guys, listen to this. Alrighty, so we have Kenzo X um, versus Hobo Joe versus Casey Riddle 
um, a cage match, a triple threat cage match. Um, you know, uh, this is a slight change from what the original plan was. Uh, it was originally supposed to have Zelzabar and accompanied by Kenzo versus Casey Riddle. Uh, yeah, um, interesting matchup. Uh, I think my boy K Casey's gonna take it. Uh, can't really say a whole lot much more beyond that. I, you know, I would really, honestly, um, in this one, there's the there's the one I want to cheer for, and the one I think is honestly going to win. So yeah. if if I'm going with who I want to cheer for, I'm going to be honest. I'm cheering for Hobo Joe. <laughs> I, I, um, but yeah, I got I got to agree with you. I think Casey Riddle is going to pull this one out. Uh, you know, I, I agree with you there. But like I said, I want to cheer Hobo Joe. That's right. just me, brother. Uh, the next one is sure to get hot real quick. I've seen these two verbally tear each other apart since I've really come into the company. Uh, Big Sexy John May versus Hot Rod Allen in an Inferno match. Oh, it's going to get hot. Oh, yeah. It's going to get real hot, baby. It's getting hot, um, sticky, and uncomfortable. I gotta go. I I gotta go with Hot Rod Allen on this one. Oh, uh, you know, I think my gut's telling me it might be Big John. It's oh, the same well. situation you were in with the cage match. I, I I know who I want to root for, but my gut pulls me one other way. Look, I'm not. I, I agree with you. John May is an incredible talent, and I could see this going either way. I just, you know, I've been watching this one. I, you know, and you know, I'm a Hot Rod Allen fan. So, uh, even though he's a, a Cowboys fan and an Ohio State fan, at least he's not a Colorado Avalanche fan. Moving on, fail four way. Out. Uh, Necro, Sabrina Slays, Screws, and Broken Zack uh, submission match. Fatal four-way submission match. Now, um, this is a doozy. Um, yeah, I, I honestly don't know who to choose. Screws is somebody that Oliver seems intent on recruiting. Uh, if I had to guess, I think Necro is going to win. Well, uh, I wouldn't put too much... Uh stock and what Oliver Titan thinks is going to be a win. We all know he's going to lose here in a couple weeks when he takes it off against the Alpha Angels. Uh, as far as this fatal four-way goes, <laughs> um, damn, yeah, uh, hard to pick. Um, I, I might just have to throw uh, a dart to the board. I think I'm going to go with Sabrina on this one. Interesting choice. Now we have my match. Uh, me versus Terry and Moreau. My title's on the line, and it's a ladder match, but at the top of the ladder is a contract for a title opportunity at the Powerhouse Championship. Well, I know that you are never more driven than when an opportunity at gold is on the line. So, I got to cheer for Tyrion and give you the win. <laughs> uh, I'm picking myself. I, I feel like anyone out there can guess that. Uh, yeah. Moving on, we have Bronx Bomber versus Funke in a street fight. Uh, yeah, Funke is killing it. Uh, Bomber's been killing it. Um, I think Funke is gonna win. 
I'm right there with you, man. Uh, good, good contest against you. Uh, was it last week or two yeah. weeks ago? Last week. Um, last week. Or the week and, before. Uh, I get so confused. We film these shows in the week. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm right there with you. I'm going with Fouquet on that one. Alrighty. Moving on, we have Robbie Cutthroat versus Bad Moon Rising. Pat Legend, the demigod, versus Bad Moon in a hardcore match. Um, honestly, I, I gotta go with Robbie Cutthroat on this. No contest. It's Cutthroat on this one. Um, no, no offense to Legend. No, 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 no offense, Matt, but uh, yeah. That's just where my I guts, that's where my guts telling me to go. You know, I'm excited for this match. I, I, these two are very, very competent and very good talents and, like, absolute legends, no pun intended. Uh, the most exciting match outside of my own on the card for me, Amelia Aris versus Crimson Wolf for the Apex title match inside a table, or having a table match. I know that I, I know from our our, our format we we talk about the shows a little bit um, yeah. well, before we go on air here. Do you mind if we circle we'll back? We'll circle to this back one? to this. We'll we'll, bring, we'll circle the wagon okay. back around. Um, All right. Next up, uh, a strap match between Motherfucker and T Money. I myself this had a. Is... I myself had a strap match with Amelia Aris at Rise to Power. So. I'm well aware of what these strap matches can do to you, and this one's going to be brutal. Um, my gut tells me T-Money, my boy T-Money. Um, but motherfucker's been killing it. They both have. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you talk about those the, the two big men kind of matches. That's what this feels like for me. Um, just, just two big men just like beating the shit out of each other. Beating the shit out of each other. Big, uh, sweaty man. I think the real winners are uh, you and me and anybody else who gets to watch this match. Exactly. Uh, next up, for the uh, Powerhouse Championship, we have Joker J versus TCO in a Falls Count Anywhere match. God damn. This uh, was a hard one for me to pick. I'm going to flip a coin and go with TCO on this. Um, fuck los putas. <laughs> I I also, in the end, went with TCO on this one, but this was one of the harder ones on the whole card for me to to make, to pick a winner on. Yeah. Joker J is fantastic. Like, I'm just going to say, he is. Yeah, no, he's an absolute talent. I've had the pleasure of working with him. Uh, every single person that's on this card is just an absolute talent, and this is the first time I've in a long time since when we started HKW together that I felt like a locker room is truly, like, all eyes on the prize kind of a situation. Um, next up, we have JTO, the Equalizer, versus the Unholy Icon, Darken Graves, in a first blood match. Uh, I'm going with Darken. Um, he's a sadistic bastard. You were on his podcast. <laughs> uh, you know, fantastic talent, both of these men, but my, my money's on Darken. I also, you know, I think this is one of those matches that it uh, the stipulation is really going to be uh, a big part of the determining factor here. Um, it, you know, if we were talking about something that was a little bit more technical, 
I think that GTO would have um, might have the edge. Yeah, and no, this one, definitely but, agree. Uh, in a first blood, a hardcore kind of environment. Yeah, I, I gotta agree with you. Dark and Graves, I think, is gonna pull this one out. All right, and then, Graves. And then in the main event for the PWR Heavyweight Championship of the World, we have Mister One Eight Seven, Big Homie, the Champ versus the Alpha Predator Joe Mega, in a Max Rules match. Um, Straight up, guys, if you haven't seen the build, the, the the promo build for this matchup, do yourself a favor, go to PWR, check it out. Holy shit, did they do a great job of building this one up. This is a straight up, this is like a, a brutal prize fight between two super heavyweight boxers. That's what this reminds me of. Two yeah. just absolute behemoths going to slug it out. Um... The Mac rules haven't been actually revealed. Um, my assumption is that Scotty Mac is going to have the last laugh. That's really all I'm going to go on. I'm not actually sure who I think is going to win. You know, I want Joe Mega to win, but something tells me that these Mac rules are going to fuck him. There's been so much build to this matchup, so much, so much anticipation to this matchup. Um... I'm gonna say Joe Mega gets the W. Yeah, I'm. I, I'm, I'm, I'm. I'm calling for that one. I, I can totally understand what you mean. Yeah, I don't. Scotty fucking shit up, but I don't like Big Homie. I call him Big Nobody for a reason. But I think these Mac rules are gonna be the deciding factor, and I think Big Homie takes it home. All right. Well, I guess we are going to see this weekend to make sure that you turn into uh, PWR. It's going to be an amazing show. Yes, for sure. Uh, in Full Throttle Wrestling, Chris Chaos defends his FTW Adrenaline Heavyweight Championship in Triple Threat Hell in a Cell action against Casey Luchador and Pitbull. Uh, I'm slightly familiar with Casey Luchador. Um, Pitbull, I'm not familiar with. I know Chris and I, despite the fact that I sent him to the hospital, I did visit him the other day. Uh, we had a nice long conversation. Uh, I own his contract now, so he kind of has to. Um... Wonder how the hiatus affects that, but um, he's expressed his frustration with the lack of uh, promotional material done by his opponents. And I gotta say, you've heard me voice voice it last week when Chris was on the pod. Mm-hmm. I know what he's feeling. I, I felt it the last couple of weeks. Um, for the first time, actually, in my time in full throttle, I had an opponent step up to me this week and actually try to take a swing. Um, you know, they tried. Uh, Sarabi, the deity of the deathmatch, uh, he came, he, he, he wanted to fight, and I had to smack him around a little bit. Not as hard as I smacked Tyrion Moreau, but, hey, you know, I had to smack him around a little bit. Hey, I can appreciate anybody who's willing to come in and, and want a good fight. Like, that's, that's that, what the that's, game's all about, brother. That's the things. like, you know, despite the fact that I play an asshole, like, on screen and whatnot, like, I want a good fight when it comes to this. Like, don't make me actual. You're, you're playing an asshole. I no, you're the actual asshole. I play an asshole. Okay. Oh. Um, <laughs> no, that despite the fact that you know some of us play assholes on TV. Ultimately, we all want to build a story, and when you fail to show up to do your job to to tell the story, we've gone over and over again, and I feel like we're you know. 
beating a horse to death, but just show the fuck up. If you don't have the time to do it, let people know and things can be changed. Um, so at this point, I'm, I'm, I'm about ready to circle back around to what we were talking about earlier. Hey, um, hey Bob, bring so wagon we started around. a little segment. We started a little segment a couple weeks ago, our e-fetter uh, of the week, putting the spotlight on one e-fetter that we thought had, you know, absolutely killed it this week. Uh, I went out and picked mine. Evan went out and picked his. We both came back around, and it turned out... They were opponents. I picked Amelia Ares, and you had picked Crimson Wolf. Uh, yeah, uh, these two have been literally killing it in PWR. Again, if you haven't watched my work or their work or anyone's work in PWR, if you're a fan of just good promo battles and good wrestling, that is the place to be. Um, we, you know, I, The reason I picked Crimson Wolf is... This is his debut pay-per-view. He's got a lot going for him. His style is unique. Um, We had a a pretty in-depth discussion about something we'll talk about a little later. Um, But yeah, uh, I'm excited to see where this goes, Brian. Uh, Because they're going to be facing off in PWR, but then, you know, who knows, a few weeks later they could be facing off in the Elite Invitational because they are opponents there as well. How will that factor in? That and that's the real question, because uh, to me, we're like uh, a lot of the matchups that we're seeing are, you know, th- like there's some dream matchups in there. There's some, you know, you know, some best friends clashing kind of matchups in there. Um, this is the only matchup that I really feel isn't actually starting in the Efed Elite tournament. I feel like this match that they're having this weekend is the true beginning. And um, I do think it's going to come into play. I do think that what happens I think it should. this weekend is going to have an effect on their match in the tournament. And I think whoever gets the win this weekend is really going to have uh, a big an advantage. Edge. A big advantage. Yeah. All righty. Uh, before we get to our topics of the week, a word from our sponsors. Have you been feeling down, limp, flaccid, boring? Well, it's time to put an end to all of that. Pick up your Enforced Chew today and go from being a Michael Miner in the bedroom to a King Dominator. Make her remember the name as you put her down for the three count. Go the distance. Make her know that you're an Iron Man and pick up your Enforced Chew today. Use the code Standards of Greatness at EnforcedChew.com to get 20% off your next order of Enforced Chew. Enforced Chew, a whiskers bearing product. And we're back. Uh, well, Brian, we decided to do an Ask Us Anything week because next week starts the actual tournament matchups on the show. Uh, yeah. We had quite the, the bevy of responses. Um, so, There's a whole lot of questions here. Uh, uh, and, and we want to get through all of them. So we're going to try and, we're, you know, if we don't give you as in-depth an answer as you want, you're welcome uh, to message apologies us. now. But, uh, uh, we only have so many hours tonight. All right. Kicking <laughs> us off, uh, from our boy Toa, he wanted to know how our day was, and aren't we glad that AEW puts out an alternative product? <laughs> First of all, my day was great. Uh, I got to spend time with my son and my wife. 
Um, shot some promos earlier in the day. Did a lot of work. Uh, yeah. Can't complain. And AEW, I'm excited as hell. I can actually talk about quality wrestling again. <laughs> um, I think it's pretty clear that both of us are loving AEW as an alternative. And thank you for asking. I've also had a wonderful day. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. Um, so from Crimson Wolf, why do some claim to have the answers about how others should play? Isn't the base rule of e-fetting to have fun? Uh, I'm going to let you take the lead on the response here, buddy. All right. Um, so, yes, um, there is a, a base rule of, yeah, you want to have fun. But in in reality, you know, what I've found a lot of times in games is, you know, one person's fun can really easily turn into another person not having fun. And I think it's important to kind of mitigate that. Um we are all, all of us doing the EFED thing. Um, we're saying that we, we're, we're characters in a wrestling world. And the real wrestling world does have, you know, its little, its little rules that go along with it. And I think that if we're portraying characters that are in that world, that we need to hold ourselves to the same standards that... Um, Real wrestlers would, our heroes would. So, uh, you know, that's, I know, the standard I've tried to hold myself to. I know it's what you've tried to do. Yeah. Um, that's my answer. My answer to that is we're not necessarily, you know, we're just speaking from our what we do and what our experiences are. Um, we're trying to bring a level of experience from our, our interactions on the indie circuit and at other higher-level wrestling events. We're trying to bring a little bit of that analogy into the EFED hemisphere because... At the end of the day, e-fighting is supposed to be fun, and it's a creative outlet. And we're not trying to tell you how you should play, or, and nobody should tell you how you should play. But if you want to, you know, reach for higher levels of competition and get into bigger companies and get opportunities, these rules will come into play, and they will matter. Promoters do look at these kind of things. Smart promoters do. Uh, when you're, when you're talking about something that's bred success in the past, I mean... Shouldn't you know that? Don't you want to know what was successful in the past so you can replicate it and be just as successful? I mean... Yeah. Um, moving on. So, from Oliver Titan, who is the worst dark character in all of E-Feds, and who is the worst character overall? Um, I'll this let you go first, bud. Brutal question. It's brutal, but, hey, we said ask us anything. Yeah, that's true. Huh. See, here's the thing is I'm really, um, I don't want to bury anybody. And and I'm, I'm just being honest about that. Just here on the pod, really try to build people up. And so I don't, I don't want to call anybody out by name. I think the people that know that they're not knocking it out of the park know that they're not knocking it out of the park. And uh, I know a lot of people have come and asked me questions and have asked you questions about how to improve. And I don't, personally, I don't feel comfortable in just outing somebody like that. So my answer is going to be Chris Chaos. I can, I can understand your logic behind that. He's very spooky, very dark, very evil, very nice. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, worst dark characters. <laughs> um, God, there's so many, you know, I don't want to bury anybody either, but like there's so many cringy fucking ones out there. 
Probably, honestly, too many to name. We, I went on a rant on this earlier. For the love of God, just add depth to your character. Make it more intriguing. Tell me why you're dark. Why? What put you on this path? What put you in this mind space to be a psychopath or a villain? Um, but I do have an answer for the worst character of all time overall. Hashtag fuck Soulstar Coffee. <laughs> Oh my god, I saw that coming from a mile away. If you're out there listening, Soulstar, go fuck yourself. Um <laughs> If I'm if I'm looking back on it and I had to pick a worst character overall for me, it's gonna be Andre Splinter. Yeah. Um at least Mike James uh, had some depth to him. Mike well, I mean Mike James, you know, at least he had some emotion behind it. I always felt like Andre Splinter was just plain white bread. And I felt like, uh, you know, he took a a big hiatus and then he came back looking like uh, the Russian from Rocky IV. Yeah, he roided out really hard. How do you go from 5'11 to 7'2"? And still did nothing for me. He was just, you know... No, I get it. Uh, Andre and I faced off in PCW and... um, Let's just say I antagonized him so bad he cut some drunk promos and got savaged. Well, there you go. Uh, and we all know how well shooting drunk promos works. <laughs> all right. Next. Uh, what is Evan's favorite superhero and villain? Uh, this one's directed at me, but we can both answer it. Uh, okay. Favorite superhero and villain. Well, anybody that knows me um, knows that, like, if we're talking comic books, my favorite superhero is Deadpool. Uh, my favorite villain is Doctor Doom. Um, anybody that knows me can see influences on my character of those particular characters at some point in time. Uh, there are also very other, you know, I love comics, I love anime, I love manga. Um, if we're talking anime, you know, manga, I like uh, Dra- Dragon Ball. Uh, I like My Hero Academia. The most intriguing villain that I've seen as of late is, uh, honestly, uh, one for all from My Hero Academia. Like, just truly an evil bastard. Um, okay, uh, for me, uh, as far as comic book heroes go, um, I gotta jump over to the DC side. You know my answer on this. It's (laughs) never changed. I am a huge Green Lantern fan. Uh, All my friends, I mean, there was a long time there... I was just called GL by a lot of people uh, who knew me because I was such a big Green Lantern fan. Uh, I have a big cut out, cut out of the Green Lantern. Uh, Ryan Reynolds Lantern. Uh, villain wise, um, first of all, Evan Doctor Doom is an excellent choice. I just I wanted to throw that at you and say excellent choice. Um, throws hands with anyone. Personally, my favorite villain of all time uh, goes to Ultron. Um, Very just good. Because, uh, and, and I, I was so pissed off at the Age of Ultron movie because I didn't think they did him justice. Go watch the What If episode. That's Ultron. But I actually went back and rewatched Age of Ultron. It was really good. I had to go back with years of knowledge from the MCU to see the effects of it. It matters more to the context of the shows. 
They didn't do him a complete justice, but I think they kind of retconned a lot of the, the nuances in the movie. Um, the current Ultron... Uh, we're going to get off topic there, but the current Ultron's one of my, among one of my favorites, too. Because uh, yes. Hank Pym has uploaded his consciousness into him. Yeah. Yeah. Alrighty. Um, the best faces in EFED. It's rare to find good faces. That's true. It's true. It's very hard to find good faces. Everybody wants to be the bad guy. It's easier. It's easy to be the bad guy. Um. Huh. See, this is another one of those areas where I feel like lately uh, we've seen a lot more of the neutral character than the babyface character. Um, um, you know my opinion on neutral tweeners. Now, I personally, for me, I think um, I'm going to give this one. You know, for me, it's probably Hollywood Watkins. Uh, he he can play a really believable face. Can make you come on a journey with him. Um, doesn't naturally come out with uh, such a. Um, standoffish approach towards his audience when he's doing his promos. He's very welcoming in, and uh, I think that serves to his benefit. Yeah, I think the big problem is, is A, people are afraid to put themselves out there being a babyface, but um, they're afraid of being corny, and sometimes to be a babyface, you got to be corny. Like That's true. It's, you got to be willing to kind of not debase yourself, but like be willing to laugh at yourself and learn from yourself. Uh, definitely agree. Watkins is one of the top ones. Um, I would say excluding us because, like, I don't want to like, you know, prop ourselves up. That we're not here to just put ourselves over. Um, yeah, yeah. That's why I didn't include you, buddy. I'm not yeah. gonna. Well, no, I, I know. I know. I'm the greatest of all time. You know. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know how much I love saying that term. God, I fucking hate that term. Uh, no. Um, yeah, Hollywood Watkins is a good one. Um, Chris has played a really good baby face. You know, a good chunk of his career. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm, trying to think. You know, Daniel uh, Roberts. I, I spent a lot of time teaching him how to be a babyface, uh, and I think he got over pretty well. Uh, Dragon Queen played a little bit between her babyface. Uh, did well. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot, but like there's also it, it, there's degrees of separation, and I don't you know. Mm-hmm want to like put one over all the others but probably i have to agree with you hollywood Watkins is probably one of the best faces in efed yeah already Ooh, this is a good one top five efed slash 2k shows to watch on youtube whose question was that uh that was maximilian christable yeah that's that's what i thought um all right well you want it? You want it? You ask a question. You're on the pod. You can get an honest answer, buddy. There we go. First of all, and and you're not gonna like the answer to this. I don't think there is one. So you're asking for the top five E-Fed 2K shows. So if I'm looking at 2K programs right now in the E-Fed world, I don't think any of them are slaying it. Quite frankly. I think there are issues with all of them. Um, and 
I, I have a feeling that there might have been some fishing going on for this question. Um, and I kind of went into this on the, the Dark and Greatest podcast, but uh, yeah, plug. Uh, if you, <laughs> how am I going to say this nicely? I fuck saying it nicely. Here's a story for you, Evan. You know, um, my first day in the EFA, or in the EFA, in the wrestling world, the real wrestling world, when I was led backstage, I told this story. I got to meet a lot of guys. I got to meet the Rock and Roll Express. I got to meet Kevin Sullivan. I got to meet Mr. Hughes. I got to meet Sabu. The promoter I was working for, he was the son of the original Sheik. Eddie Farhat Jr. He had inherited big-time wrestling from his father. He had inherited quite a bit of money when his father passed away, and he, him and his brother used that money to go out and hire all of these big, big, in quotation marks, talents that were, no offense to them, but past their prime. I mean, it's not like the Rock and Roll Express were the same Rock and Roll Express in 2002, 2003, that they were back in 1982. Not wrong. These guys were all past their prime, but they were all still making that name brand money dollars, which you do on the, or on the indie scene. So the problem here is he was paying all these guys who aren't going to be the guys who are going to actually build up his product for a long time, they're going to be flashing the pan people that are there for their money and they're going to get the fuck out. Spend your money, spend your time, spend your effort on building up your product as opposed to just trying to bring in name brand talent, which is ultimately going to serve you not at all. If you were doing a show that has, you know, eight matches on the card, and you're going to bring in one name brand talent so that it's a name that people are going to come and then watch the whole rest of the show and you're getting some value out of that, that's that's the correct way to use a name brand talent, a high-value a high talent, a talent that you have to pay big bucks for. And this can, you know, everything that we talk about in real wrestling can translate to the EFED world. So if you are out there and you are bringing in Name brand real wrestlers using Cameo or whatever you're fucking doing. It's not believable if an E-Fed wrestler goes over on them and it's not going to do you a damn bit of good if they go over on your E-Fed wrestler. Do yourself a favor, write a compelling storyline and make people watch your shit. Soapbox, go. Evan, you can answer this fucking question. <laughs> uh, I'm kind of with you on a lot of the the... 2K shows, I mean, currently, PCW was doing well at it. I uh, can't complain about what they were doing there. You know, outside of some questionable booking decisions um, that hopefully will get worked out. Um, 3Dub is a, a, probably one of the top ones, you know, HKW being uh-huh. closed. I, don't, I know we don't want to toot our own horn, but, you know, there, there was a pretty big, pretty big gap between... Uh- so, HKW, NEW, MIW, and then... A couple others were out there that were high-quality production. Then there's a pretty big drop-off. You know, APW, one of the larger ones, is closed now. XCW, uh, I think, is rebranding and is condensed a little bit, but is still going. 
there's IWA, there's a lot of them out there, but there's nothing out there that's drawing me to watch 2K Feds, if I'm being completely honest. It, to, I, I just want to clarify here. <coughs> I was talking about, I was specifically talking about shows that are still on the air. I, I answered that question yeah. knowing that PCW is closed, New is closed, MIW is closed, HPW. Uh, if you want me to answer like all time, there's a bunch of my answers right there. <laughs> yeah, no, I, like I was just running down the list of like you know in my head out loud, kind of like oh the, there's these shows, but like yeah, I mean and active ones. Um, if you don't have commentary, I'm gonna be completely honest with you. I don't watch your show. Yeah. Just put the effort in, or don't like don't bother tagging me. <laughs> uh, I know that sounds dickish, but it's the truth. Like. I want to wa- I want to watch your product, but make me yeah. want to watch it more. Um, right now, of the active ones, um, Three Dub and Lit are probably the only two that come to mind. Um, you know, I can highlight real shows are different. I can get but, behind you on Three Dub. I, I can still watch Three Dub and find enjoyment at parts of it. Yeah, um, um, I haven't watched Lit, so I'm I'm not as familiar with that one. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's. Really about it. I, I'm not gonna, you know, say that there's a whole lot compelling me to watch it. Honestly, like, if it wouldn't have been for my involvement with PCW, I probably wouldn't be in any 2K Feds anymore. Just quite you know, frankly, I, I like, I like 2K Feds. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have run HKW, which was a 2K Fed, if I didn't like 2K yeah, Feds. Yeah, but like, there's nothing compelling me. No reason to like draw me to these programs. If, you know. I watch 3Dub, you know, every time they put up a show, so I'm watching when they're doing stuff, and I see their storylines. Um, you know, every program out there, even HKW had its issues, and we, we could do an whole episode on that. Um, everyone has their issues, and nothing's perfect, but, like, as a viewer, you need to compel me to want to watch your show. And if you're not drawing me in, I'm not going to watch it. I don't want to name, I don't want to call people out here, but there was a 2K, a 2K promoter made a big deal wanting me to watch his show. I was like, okay. And I went and I turned on his show and he was supposed to be doing live commentary down there in the corner, had a little, you know, and um, <laughs> about, about eight minutes into his, into his show, he gets up out of the chair and walks away. No more commentary for the rest of the show. And I honestly said to myself, if you don't give a fuck about your show enough to sit here and, and give commentary on it, why should I, as as a viewer, give a fuck about your show? I mean... Yeah. Um, yeah. If you want me to give a fuck about your show, make me give a fuck. I don't yeah. want to sound like a, a dick, but, like, it's the truth. And you you ask us anything, we're going to give you honest answers. All right. Um, the final question. Why is the EFED community so toxic to one another? Why can't they all just get along? Well, they start off listening to our podcast, and then they half agree with us and half don't. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> um, I think the main reason is, is every every wrestler, every personality... They envision themselves as the top dog. Everyone wants to be the top dog. Um, 
there's a lot of differences in philosophies. Um, promoters look for one thing. People, performers look for another. Um, if I'm being perfectly honest, like, a lot of it's just people getting in their own way. Um, yeah, it just... The toxicity... Wrestling as a whole, the fandom is toxic, like, if I'm being perfectly honest. And it's because people are fervent and they're passionate about what they like. Um, as far as people getting along, people could get along. I mean, honestly, a lot of these companies that are out there, I think they'd be better off instead of doing a lot of their own programming. Maybe y'all should just, like, pick what you're really good at and come together and form, like, an actual company and work on a quality production versus, like, having... 20 of you doing some things right and some things mediocre. That's not trying to be a dick. That's just me being honest. As far as individual talents, ooh. I mean, you, you know my personal, my, my blacklist of people I won't work with. Um, it only features two people, um, both of who were <clears throat> homophobic, racist, transphobic, uh, all-around pieces of shit. Um, you know, I'm not going to divulge their names on this podcast, but... They know who they are. They know they will never, ever step foot into actual relevancy again. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> uh, yeah, those, <laughs> they are pieces of shit. Um, and I know who you're talking about, and I'm not going to say his name because it's not worth it. You know who you are. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right. Um, as far as toxicity, oh, I, I, I want to say this. I, I just want to get this out. As far as toxicity goes in this community, toxicity starts with an individual. If you, as a group, any group, come together and as a unit decide that you are going to move forward together as opposed to just trying to accomplish your own personal goals, you will eliminate 90% of the toxicity in your effect. There will always still be a little bit of drama. There will always still be a little bit of bullshit. We all have egos in this business. I've said that a thousand times. But if you want to eliminate the majority of toxicity in a Fed, bring everybody together towards a common goal and putting on the best show possible. That's my answer. Yeah. Alrighty, moving on to question of the week from last week. Uh, what invitational matches are you most excited for? Um, overall, I think I had a lot of messages about pretty much every match. The most common one that I got was people were excited to see Amelia Harris versus Crimson Wolf, Homie versus Hot Rod, uh, but the one that I saw the commonality was TCO versus Rob Roman. Yeah. Uh, that that's one I'm eyeballing for sure. Uh, I don't know about you, buddy. Uh, if anybody talked to you, um, uh, I had a couple of people mention to me that they're really looking forward to seeing Dollface versus Gypsy, which uh, I also find to be a very intriguing contest. I'm looking forward to that one. Um, Crimson Wolf versus Amelia Harris, I think, is absolutely going to be one of the most intriguing matchups as you, you and I talked about a little bit earlier in the cast. I've heard a couple other people mention they're really looking forward to uh, seeing that matchup as well. Um, personally, I'm really looking forward to uh, to seeing um, Rob Roman and, and TCO as well. 
I think that of uh, of all the people in this, that TCO might just be uh, Rob's most interesting challenger in his set of eight bracket. Um, I'm really looking forward to that match. I think it's gonna be really, really close. Yeah, really close one. Definitely agree. Alrighty, uh, such good shit. It's such good shit. Alrighty, and our question of the week for this week, brought to you by the Whiskers Brand Corporation with Enforced Chew. Who are you most excited to see Jay Lethal work with in AEW? Uh, Brian, I'm going to let you take the lead. Um, this is hard. Honestly, because uh, I don't think there's a, a wrong answer here, or a bad answer here. But for me, um, knowing Jay Lethal's style... And um, believing that he's going to be Jay Lethal and not Black Machismo, I want to throw that. I want to make sure that's specific because my answer changes. Uh, <laughs> Brian Danielson versus Jay Lethal, I think it would be an absolutely epic contest. Right behind Jay Lethal versus Bobby Fish, those are the two that I'm I'm really looking forward to. If he was to come out as Black Machismo, though. Give me Black Machismo versus CM Punk. Yeah, um, I'm excited for that. Uh, Punk versus Lethal will be good. MJF versus Lethal will be good. Uh, I'm really excited to see Lethal reconnect with the Bucks and Adam Cole, given the fact that they shaved his head in ROH. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh... Omega versus Lethal could be good when Omega gets back healthy. Danielson versus uh, Lethal. Um, interestingly enough, I kind of want to see... Oh, what's his name? Um, they had history in Impact, and I'm trying to remember what his name is, and I'm drawing a blank. Um, well, maybe that's for the best. Yeah. Maybe it's best for you to draw a blank, and we'll come back to that next week. But in the meantime, if you're listening to this, we really want to hear your answers. So make sure that you get onto our Facebook page and uh, and give us your opinion. Who do you want to see Jay Lethal get into a program with an AEW? All righty. Well, that will do it for us this week. Um, it's been a pleasure, Brian. I don't know about you. I'm having fun with this Elite Invitational, and I can't wait to see what you put out for your match. Oh, you're going to see something special. I guarantee you that. And every one of you, you're going to enjoy next week when we bring you the very first two matches of the E-Fed Elite Tournament. We're going to call them right here on the cast. We can't wait for you to join us. Until next week, I've been the Alpha Angel Brian Me, And I've been Evan Jones, the Wrestling God. We will see you later. Cause if they stand in your way, then you gotta leave them behind. Then you gotta leave them behind.